This is your boy, the guru. Today is happy, uh, Mother's Day. Um, and today I'm dedicating this entire episode uh, to my mother uh, because I have I no longer have her. Um, I tell you, Mother's Day is one of those days that are, man, it, it's always been rough for me yeah, since, since her passing. She's been gone. I lost my mother in 2007. And uh, I got to tell you, it's, 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 it has not been, uh, it hasn't been easy. My mom's been gone 15 years, y'all. 15 years and it's still difficult. But I wanted to take this, I wanted to take this time and dedicate this episode to her because it is Mother's Day. Um. To give you guys a little bit of insight of my mother, uh, my mother's name was Patricia Ann Tillman. Um, she departed this life at 41 years old. Um, she was one of the strongest women I knew. Um, she was, um, from the time I can, you know, whew, man, she was a fire starter. I mean, it, but she was also the same kind of person that would put out a fire too. Uh, there's so many different stories that uh, I, re- I, re- I reflect back to uh, as a kid and my brother and I would get in so much trouble. And she would, uh, we always, she'd always had our back, you know. Even if we were wrong, she had our backs, you know. Um, I gotta tell you, I, if they're, you know, I still struggle. I still struggle 15 years later with the passing of my mother. And it's not as bad now, though. I will say that it's not as bad now as it was, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> you know, the, the first four or five years of her, you know, after she passed, was I was a wreck, right? Then I started getting, you know, um, but fifteen, her fifteenth year of being gone, I actually uh, started seeking therapy because it was really, you know, her impact on my life was just so huge, and you know, a lot of choices, a lot of decisions that I made in my life, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, hinged on my mother and me dealing with the stuff with my mother, and you know. But I tell you, <laughs> this song you guys hear playing in the background, you know, Boys to Men, song for Mama, I, t- I, I can tell you, um, I'm, I'm probably going to get choked up during this episode, so y'all don't laugh at me if you listen. <laughs> um, but I tell you, I, every time I hear this song, no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing, if I hear a song from Mama in the background, if I hear a song for Mama, period, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Normally, like I said, it's not so much of me losing it now because it's been 15 years. You know, and, and people who have lost their mothers before mine, they would say that losing her, losing your mother, it gets better with time. People that say that uh, is an absolute lie. 
that is not the truth. <laughs> you, it didn't. It does. It gets easier to deal with, right? It, it, it doesn't get better. It never gets better. It just gets easier to deal with. Um, she was such. She was a matriarch, like indeed, she was a matriarch of our family. Uh, she kept the family together. Uh, if if there was a get together had, my mother was uh, my mother was the one that was doing it. With uh, when she passed away, uh, get together stopped. You know, family stopped functioning. The only person. Um, that was left at the time she passed away was my grandma and my auntie. Um, and so it was just, life was really hard. And, and my brother and I, we struggled together, you know. Um, I remember one of the first stories uh, as a kid, my brother who, um, when he was born, he had um, spinal meningitis, I think it was, I think that's what they call it then. Um, and so my brother, uh, when he was born, he was kind of, he was delayed a little. You know, they, they, back then they called it, uh, they called it retarded uh, back then. But he was, he was delayed. And, but he was in kindergarten. He was just getting his, his bearings. He didn't, you know. So the teachers, um, I remember teachers sending my mother home a note uh, about my brother. And I remember this. I'm not sure why I remember this. I'm only four years older than my brother, right? <laughs> so I shouldn't, I shouldn't remember this, but he was he was eight, nine years old at this time. So I'm a little older. I'm like 12. And uh, he comes home with this note. And my mother reads it. And I, I'm telling you, I have never seen my mother go off so bad, you know, it was like, uh, if you guys remember uh, Kevin Hart and his teacher and his mom was something no, and, and she was like, well, my mama told me to tell you, <laughs> you know, that's that. And, uh, that's kind of what it was in that particular instance was, it was, um, which, but instead of her sending the note home, my brother, uh, she went down herself and, and gave the same message. And <laughs> so it was just the funniest thing. She went down there and I tell you what, she, when them teachers told her that my brother was retarded or slow as it were, um, she lost her, she lost all of her stuff and she told them exactly how she felt and told them where to get off at. And my brother, they did not mention the word slow, delayed, retarded to my mother or my brother. Again, they tried to put him in special classes. You know, I think that, I think he did take one or two, maybe I can't remember. Um, but my brother still graduated from high school toward the top of his class, regardless of regardless of what people said to him. My brother, and he's a, he's an inspiration to me because he he uh, started out as you know, being slow, retarded, whatever, and then to still graduate at the top of his class or the top third of his class uh, after having that diagnosis was pretty amazing to me. And, and today he's still uh, pretty amazing. But my mother was always that type of person. She always fought for us. Uh, she didn't take 
any stuff from anybody about her kids. Nah, she she didn't do that. Pat didn't play that. I wasn't not at all. Um, my mother was, you know, I, I remember uh, she used to dip, uh, not dip, but she used to chew tobacco, and she used to chew it so much. I mean, I, and that ran out, that ran in the family on the female side of our family. My, my mother did it. My grandmother did it. Um, you know, I remember when she had dipped, she had chewed so much tobacco that it, it she went to the dentist, and the dentist, the dentist told her that she would have to, you know, she need to, she was going to lose all of her teeth. And so she went to the dentist and got out of a teeth pool and she had to get fitted for her uh, policies. I remember that being a stigma to her. She, <laughs> I was, I can't remember how long I was at this point, but uh, she had to get, she had to get used to, you know, her false teeth and she got a full set of top and bottom. And she had to learn how to clean them, you know, put the fix of that. No, the different. I don't know if people use fix of that anymore, but fix of that used to be is a is a paste, right? She would buy it and and she would put the, uh, the the, the fix of that in the in the gums, you know, the top and everything. She was a trooper through it all, though, you know. She didn't. Uh, she didn't let it break her, you know. Some people that lose their teeth, they're, they kind of, you know, hell, I lost two of my teeth, you know, down at the bottom of my gum. So it was still a stigma to me, but my mother lost a full set, right? And she did not let that deter her from nothing. She still talked to her. She still talked to us, uh, her talk. You ain't finna get ready to tell her nothing, you know what I'm saying, without her permission. And, and she was just that type of person. Um, I remember my mom was just all go, no quit. She never gave up on anything, right? She wanted to a lot of times, uh, but she never gave up. You know, I remember back when uh, her and my mom, my mom and my grandma and my auntie, we always did, my other auntie, uh, Brenda, they used to go work in a chicken plant together. I mean, years ago. And my mom said, I don't want to do this no more. You know, um, and so she decided to do better. Went to school, got to some classes, you know, and she graduated. You know, she came. She she became a phlebotomist before she passed away. A while before she came away, uh, uh, you know. But when my mom was, when my mom had to quit work because she got sick, uh, that is. Uh, when things change, right? Her and my brother's father, my stepdad, you know, they didn't have the best relationship. I mean, toward the end. Um, but from the beginning, from when I was you know, coming up, they did everything together in front of us. You know, if they had problems, it was behind closed doors. You know, a lot of days, a lot of times now in, in these in this society, you know, they fighting on social media and fighting in front of their kids and things of that nature. My mother, my father never fought in front of us. If they had, if they had an issue, they had to art with each other. They would go uh, in the bedroom, close the door. But she did not back down, even from him. And, and he was, he was, uh, he was a big, you know. My, my dad was, uh, 
Uh, my stepdad was probably six foot two, three. Uh, and he's a big guy, lefty. And, and there were, there were, there was a time when I was a baby that, uh, he was very abusive to her. Uh, but then he got past that. He got saved. They became pastors. They're both of them. Uh, so God, God delivered him from that anger. So, and it was all good. Um, I remember telling my mom when I was pregnant, when my, well, when my girlfriend was pregnant with my firstborn and I'm still in high school. <laughs> I remember the reaction. Like, what? You did what, boy? You know? Um, but she's always been, she's always, she was always, and to this day, I believe that she's still with me. You know? I wish she was here. You know, I, I know a lot of people in my timeline on Facebook and Twitter who have recently lost their mothers. And this is and this is dedicated to the ones who um this is your first Mother's Day. But if mom, let me tell you, it it does get easier to deal with. It doesn't get better. Um she loved you just like my mother loved me, right? It it gets easier to deal with. There's really no words, you know, um, for us that who have already lost their mother. Uh, there's not too many words, you know. But the message is for the people who still have their mother. And they don't treat her maybe like they should, like they they shouldn't. I mean, they they don't you know go hang out with her, tell her to give your mother. I you know I will say this uh, as I head down the end of this episode here is, is give your mother her flowers while she's living. Let me tell you something. When my, when my mom passed away, uh, I mean when she I mean when she got first diagnosed with lupus. Um, that was a very, like, that was a life-changing thing for her when she got diagnosed with lupus. And then she turned around and, and uh, she got hit with a lung issues. And there was one instance where the doctor told her that she had to have a double lung transplant or she wasn't going to live a long time. My mother fought through both of those illnesses, diabetes, lupus, the lung issues. She fought through all of those to the very end, to the point where my mama had vertigo. She couldn't uh, walk. She couldn't, you know. Listen, y'all, give your mother her flowers while she's living because there, there is no take back. There is no, um, there is no, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Nothing's guaranteed, right? Now, my mother lived in the, uh, in a different, I, my mother still lived in my hometown, Anson County, and I had to move on. I was in Charlotte doing my thing. I didn't get to go. I didn't get to go home nearly as much as I wanted to. I would call her every now and then, you know, but I didn't really. I didn't get to go home, um, so I didn't get. A, I didn't get a chance to give her my flowers, but give her her flowers. But when I did, though, when I made a phone call or when I. Oh, I did go home. 
I gave her her flowers. There are people walking around here who, who has an art with their mother. Like, who has an art with their mother? I, I mean, I get it. If she was a bad mother, she gave you anxiety, give you PTSD or whatever. I get that. Okay, I understand. But even in that, though, you should be able to go back, Mom. I, I love you. This this is a day. If you haven't done it yet, if you're listening to this, if you haven't done it, tell you you know apologize. You know, wipe your hands clean, right? And let me tell you, my mother passed away. Uh, July 20, 2007. This is what happened. And I'm going to try to get through this without being choked up. Okay? Because every time I tell this portion of it, I always get choked up. Always. Um, mother was sick. She had been sick a long time. You know, and she finally, she, it came to, it came to a point where, you know, she was hospitalized for the, for the last time. And they called me up and they said, you know, my brother called me. He said, you know, you need to get here. That the doctors have, the doctors have called the family. In. I said okay, and, and, and of course, anybody has dealt with the the, the the medical field. You know, if you if you got a family member and the doctor call you in, we're at the end here. You know, and um, so I didn't come right away. I think I waited a week. You know, then I finally go down. Now, and then the reason why I waited was because I got a phone call that Sunday from my mother. And she said, I said, Mama, what you doing? She says, I'm, I'm reading the Bible. I'm praising God. I'm, I'm walking through. I'm running through my hotel room. I'm like, oh, awesome. Are you coming home? When are you coming home? Oh, I don't know, baby. They tell me, you know, it could be any, you know, any day now. As long as I keep getting better. As long as I keep getting better. This is on a Sunday. I get a phone call on Monday night. My brother says, Terry, you got to come down. She, she, you need to come down. And he made it sound a lot more serious than before. So I was like, okay, I, let, me, let me get down here. And so I get on, I go, um, I get down there on a Tuesday morning. Um, my mama, my auntie, my dad, my brother, um, a lot of us was, you know, they were in the room. And, I walked in the room and I asked everybody, I politely asked everybody to leave. Could you guys leave? Now, this, at this point, my mother's unconscious. I think that, you know, I didn't know that that last Sunday that I talked to her, the last time I talked to her. I didn't know that. Uh, and so I, I, I politely put everybody out of the room and I go and I, um, I take her by the hand and she's laying on the bed unconscious and the machine's breathing for her. That's how bad it was. The machine was breathing for her. And uh, I held about it. I took about a hand. And I whispered in her ear, Mama, I'm sorry. I was, I'm was. i sorry that I wasn't always there for you. I'm sorry that I gave you any bad, you know, I gave you trouble. I'm sorry that I wasn't the best son. I'm sorry. And after about five or ten minutes, I mean, it just, it just, Having that time alone with my mom, uh, I looked at her face and there was a tear rolling down her eye. That image of her crying sticks with me, you know. And so I didn't know um, if she could even hear me. 
But my therapist told me that the tear let me know that she did. And I was like, okay. You know, I can live with that. So we get done. Um, I call it, you know, I've anybody back in the room. And uh, I said, I couldn't, I couldn't bear to see my mother like that. I did. It was just hard, you know. And uh, I said, she's going to come home. I, I went out to, I went outside and I talked to my brother. My brother came outside because he knew I was upset. He came outside. And I said, she's going to come home. She's going to come home. You know, she, I know she, I just believe it. I just believe God. We've been believing God all this time. I believe God's going to bring, you know, allow her to come home. Okay. I get in the car. I head back to Charlotte. And uh, I get a phone call from my brother uh, that Wednesday, uh, about four in the morning. He calls me up and he says, bro, I need you to call the hospital. I said, for what? Can't you call him? You know, it's four in the morning here, bro. So I call him. And my, my mother had a do not resuscitate order. Yeah, she had she had a DNR. Uh, and so I called him. Now her her hospital room was down the hall, or right next to the nurse's station. So when I called the nurse's station, I could hear them in the background working on my mother. You know, you you could hear them in the background. Come on, Pat. Come on, Pat. And I said, "Could y'all please, you know." And there's nothing like I, I tell the story. I've told the story a thousand times, but there's nothing in this life more final, more permanent. The, the sound, there's no sound in more eerie than a flatline on defibrillator. There's nothing that that sound and you hear it on TV. You know, on these medical shows where people flatline, that's one thing. I mean, and, and, and it sounds exactly the same, but it hits different. You know. And so I I'm I heard the flatline from my mother over the phone. And I remember losing every bit of common sense that I had. And so the next morning, they declared they declared her uh deceased. My mother had went septic. And she died of septic shock. That was a, the official uh, cause of death was was uh, septic shock. My brother sends me a picture of her next morning on the gurney. Passed away. And I remembered him. I remember, I remember cussing him all the way out because that is not the last memory of my mother I wanted. You know, not the last thing I wanted to see. So, we're doing funeral arrangements. And I tell you, that's hard because in, a, in the black community, that's a whole different episode. But in the black community, man, when somebody passed away, they you got people come out, coming out the woodwork talking about, she said I could have this. <laughs> you know, she said I could have a house. She said I could have a car. You know, like whatever. No, my mama didn't stop. 
you know, so we had to fight through that. And, but we got through it, you know. So the day of my mom's funeral, I remember uh, going with my dad and my brother to uh, to pick out her casket and then the vault. Because uh, those of you guys that don't know you, you, know, you put the person in the casket and then you take the casket and put it in the vault and you put everything in the ground. And um, we picked the vault, we picked the casket, beautiful burgundy casket with the Dwight inlay. Brass handles. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. The day of her funeral, I mean, I was I, I was fine, um, even through the planning, even through because I didn't get a chance to mourn. You know, I think that, that's one of the problems that I had. I never got the chance to mourn my mother's passing until years after she's passed away. Um, because my brother lost it at the funeral. You know, dad, everybody. You know. And, the way the processional was set up, they had my brother and I, my dad, uh, in front. And I remember walking through the funeral home. I remember they gave us a rose. They gave my brother and I a rose to lay with her uh, in the casket. And um, yo, that was the, that was the hardest walk, you know, to to my mother. Who's laying there in, in the in the casket, and you and you and you're sitting there and you're running back through all the memories, you know, birthdays, uh, whippings, <laughs> you know, you, you you run through all this in your head and you go, wow, she's she's really not here anymore, you know, and yeah, that was hard. It is still hard, right? So. My dad didn't give any remarks. My brother and I did. Well, my, I did. My brother, uh, my brother freaked out um, before it was his time to uh, go up, and uh, they had to, they had to carry him. They had to carry him out. So I got up and I did my I did my remarks. Just you know, as hard as that was, I did my remarks and uh, gave her flowers again. This time, you know, she's deceased. So. Those flowers she couldn't enjoy. Those flowers were everybody else. So the, the comments that I made, the remarks that I made were, it's like I did a comedy set up there. It was a, a total, um, that's a total version of my real feelings. I really, I mean, I, I didn't really, wouldn't want to talk about, I didn't want to get up there and start crying and have the whole church crying. It's not, I, that's not, that wasn't one I wanted to do. This was a happy time. My mother loved, my mother lived for my brother and I when we got together, you know. Uh, we would just clown and cut up, and she loved that, you know. And so that was what I did. Uh, her last day up above ground, um, we did that. I did that, brother. And so I get done, and they get ready to go to the, to the part of the service where she gets eulogized. And they closed the casket on her and they locked it. There is nothing in this life more permanent than when you hear the door slam on the casket of your loved one. Nothing. And there is, you know, it's absolutely at this point too late for you to say, you know, 
yo, ma, dad, grandma, whatever. I'm sorry. I should have did this. I should have did that. There's no going back. Right? There's none. So they, 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 uh, the casket locked it, closed it. So my mother was buried uh, in her home church, her, that graveyard. Uh, and so the day of the funeral, they, because the, the vault had to be loaded by a certain, um, a certain crane. They had, it wasn't a graveside um, burial. We had it at the church, so they put the casket in the vault, and they did all the, they did everything at the uh, the vault. No, I, I take that back. No, I didn't. We went across the street, and they put the vault in the ground and, and all of that. Um, I got to say, this was the first day I think that I had a, a full mental breakdown. Um, they had, they almost had they almost had to bury me in the ground with my mom on top of the vault because I was that's how that's how distraught I was. And I remember. Uh, Harold C. Smith, who's the the uh, CEO of uh, Smith Funeral Home down there in my hometown, he, him and his guys, they had to hold me back. They had to kind of hold me down and restrain me. Um, and it was hard, right? There is a part of the there's a part of the funeral ceremony where the the officiant says, uh, "This one, but this one particular line is one move is one line and one move." that he does that will tear up a funeral, right? With that door, tell people about a funeral. What he said, as a line, the line says, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We, we now commit our sister or brother to the ground. And he pops, the, he, he pops his heel on this little machine, this little uh, lever, graveside. And at that point, you hear the ropes uh, lower that casket down to the ground. Let me tell you something. That was tough, man. <laughs> when he said ashes to ashes, dust to dust, we now commit our sister Patricia to the ground. And he popped the heel from that, on that lever. Whew. It's over at that point. And, and, and then after all of that, and everybody say amen, and you get back in the limo, and you go back to wherever you're going, you're trying to pick up life. You know, you're trying to pick up, trying to figure it all out. The hard part's over, right? Because you've already you, you've said your goodbyes. You know, all that. The hard, the hard part's over. Um, but it really wasn't for me. I miss my mother every day, every single day. Um, some days are better than others, but I look at my son, who's five, and there are times where there are times where he'll walk, he'll look off, and. He'll start smiling or laughing or whatever. And I'm convinced that he is having a conversation with his mama. And uh, that makes me happy. 
So listen. Um, you still have your mother. Whether you have an art, whether you're whatever, give her a flowers. Because there's no going back after she's gone. Just saying. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I love you. Hope you have a great day. And we'll see you guys the next episode. Oh